You're listening to the So You Think You're Intuitive podcast, a podcast to help you reactivate, grow, and trust your intuition so you can live a more empowered and connected life. Join me, Natalie Miles, spiritual mentor and psychic medium, every Wednesday for inspired conversations, guidance, and practical tips on how you can work with your intuition in your everyday life. Because who doesn't want to trust their intuition more? Welcome back to So You Think You're Intuitive. I'm Natalie Miles, spiritual mentor and psychic medium, taking you on this journey to reactivate and trust your intuition. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Hope you're having a great week so far. So last Friday on the podcast, I said that I was going to be doing a big announcement of something that I am launching. And this is how working with spirit and your intuition works, because I had every intention to announce something today of something that I'm going to be launching. And there are two things that I want to launch in May. And I was going to bring one forward and I was going to launch it kind of this week and it was going to happen in like the first or second week of May. And what's really interesting, I tuned in yesterday, last night and connected to um, my guides and I actually, I pulled some runes. If you don't know what runes are, they are like Viking like stones and they have symbols on them. They're awesome. I actually started working with those before I even had an oracle card deck or a tarot card deck. They are, um, I got them yeah, in my early 20s. And I loved using them. And so I pulled some runes because I'm back working with them and using them too. And I also um, did some dowsing with a pendulum. And I got this message that came through that I shouldn't be actually the words not shouldn't because they're both coming out, but that I needed to switch the order of them. So that isn't a big announcement this week because I've switched the order of what I'm going to offer. And yeah, it kind of took me by surprise yesterday. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, this makes sense. So yeah, I'm hoping that it is going to be launched the first week of May. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. So I now have a new focus for the next couple of weeks on what I am creating and working with Spirit to bring through with you. But in the meantime, there is this month's circle, uh, which is happening next week, Wednesday, 17th, 6.30 p.m. PST. Um, and the theme of this month's circle is a state of receiving, a state of receiving. And I've been working with this practice um, the last couple of months I've really put myself into this state of receiving I'm a natural like go make things happen and so I've been using this new practice where I've been putting myself into a state of receiving and wow I've really noticed the shift I've had some amazing opportunities come my way in the last couple of weeks I can't share them with you yet but they will all come to light um but yeah I've had these amazing opportunities come 
um, my way. And that is being really, I really feel connected to this, um, shifting my energy to, um, receiving, um, versus feeling like I need to hustle and make things happen. And this, you know, putting ourselves into a state of receiving can impact how we open our heart, how we can bring in joy and happiness. If you're looking for um, a new partner and you want to bring them in, um, you're looking for a new career or a new role. Yeah, whatever you are wanting to bring into your life, it's amazing when we shift the energy. So if you fancy joining me for this month's online circle, I'm basically going to be walking you through the practice. There's going to be a guided meditation. There's going to be a ritual and it's going to be a reactivation of your receiving energy. And what I've been finding with these circles is that when we come together as a group, the energy just intensifies and amplifies it because that is this group energy. So if you head to the show notes, there'll be a link where you can get your ticket. It's $25. And if you can't join live, no worries. If you're on a different time zone, um, doesn't matter because everyone gets a replay and means that you can do it in your own time and you will receive all the messages and all the guidance that also wants to come through at this circle. So yeah join me. It's going to be fun next Wednesday, 17th at 6.30 p.m. PST. So this week on the podcast, we're joined by my friend Sahara Rose. I've been on her podcast, The Highest Self Podcast. And when I was in LA last, we got to hang out and it was really lovely to meet her in person. She, looking back at her year last year in 2018, I was always like, wow, she's always creating. She's like, she just makes things happen. I know that she's got a lot of Capricorn in her chart. So Sahara is a best-selling author. She's a top podcast host of the Higher Self podcast. She speaks internationally, but most of us connect Sahara with Ayurveda. If you know her work, she has basically been making Ayurveda modern and approachable and giving it a new take on it and really bringing it to a new generation. She's a real thought leader. But this episode is not her talking about Ayurveda, which is amazing because I've listened to her on lots of podcasts and it's awesome. And she shares so much in-depth knowledge about her journey and Ayurveda. But recently she's been sharing lots of different topics around spirituality, around archetypes, around magical beings. And so we really got into a conversation about change, around being individual, we talked about this pivot and it's not that she's letting go of Ayurveda. It's just that she's beginning to notice like a soul contract coming to the end. And then what does that mean? And does that bring up fear and judgment of others? And yeah, so we really talk about the power of change in this episode. And it was really great to hear her talk about different topics and things that are lighting her up right now. I loved recording this episode with Sahara. You can really feel her excitement as she shares what is lighting her up right now. So enjoy listening. And if you feel called, please rate and review the podcast. And yeah, give me a follow on Instagram. I am Natalie Miles. Let us know your thoughts on there. Would be great to hear from you. Enjoy listening to this episode with Sahara Rose. 
and I'll be back next Wednesday for another solo episode. Enjoy. Hi, Sahara. Welcome to So You Think You're Intuitive. Hey, Natalie. How are you? I'm staring at the chair that you were sitting in when you were at my place, wishing that you were here in person with me. Oh, right. I so wish we could be doing this in person. Mm -hmm. Uh, So manifesting more US time, more LA time is definitely needed. Mm, We need you here. (laughs) I'm coming. It's coming. Uh, No, no, it's coming. Keep getting the messages. It's coming in. in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. When I was wanting guests, I was like, I have to have Sahara on here because she's going. And when we're going to talk, it's going to be through lots of shifts and transformations that she's been on and this insane journey. And I just want to share that your story with everyone because it's been a journey that you've been on. Mm, Yeah. So for people who don't know me, my name is Sahara Rose and I focus on a system called Ayurveda, which is the world's oldest health system, the sister science of yoga based on the mind-body connection. And I discovered it because of my own health problems I had. I grew up really addicted to junk food, overweight, asthmatic, and that prompted me to learn more about healthy foods. And as I started to learn more about them, I tried all these different diets, became raw vegan. And at the same time, I was going through a lot of digestive problems, which we know are related to identity and solar plexus issues. So I have that going on. I I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And at the same time, my digestion's out of whack, which turns into my hormones essentially shutting off at a certain point. I didn't get my period for two years, really bad anxiety, insomnia, my bones constantly getting injured. All of these problems, lost a lot of hair, lost a lot of weight, looked sick. And at first I was like, "Mm, I don't know, I'll just eat more like kale, that'll solve it. Mm -hmm. And after going to so many different kinds of doctors who just kept prescribing me more medications, I really wanted to know what is going on deeper within. And that's when I discovered Ayurveda while volunteering in India, teaching health and sanitation in the slums, not not going there for Ayurvedic purposes, but going there to teach them how to be healthy. And then they taught me how to be healthy. And learning about Ayurveda was incredible. It was like learning a part of my soul. I mean, the moment that I started to learn about it intuitively just came through and I started to, you know, study it. I enrolled in Ayurveda school, but at the same time, I really longed for it to be modernized. And I kept looking for a book out there that was contemporary and plant-based and all the things that I really wanted and there wasn't. So spirit essentially told me to just go write this book. And I didn't know anything about the book writing process, never met an author. And I just started to write and write and write. And it just started coming through. A lot of times I had questions on things and then I would kind of ask myself and like have the answer. And these are like specific things like how are the dots connected? And like, what is what kosher is this? Like, I just knew these things. They were just within me. And I wrote a book called E-Write for Your Mind Body Type. I looked for so many different publishers. No one wanted to publish it. They thought I was too young. No one cares about Ayurveda. Like all of the fears that I had in my head were just echoed back to me. And then finally I was serendipitously, I've told the story before, I don't want to like waste the whole podcast talking about my (laughs) stories that I've said, but serendipitously, I got the book deal to write The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. I then manifested seeing Deepak Chopra at a conference, walked through a stage of a thousand people onto stage, and then started 
talking to him. And from that, he wrote the forward of my book that I wrote in my next book, which was my modern approach to Ayurveda, the book that I had initially wanted to write. And that came out last October. And more than just the health, I've realized that it's so connected to the spirit and all the health problems I had were honestly related to what was going on emotionally, spiritually, and mentally inside of me at that time. And now it's transformed into so much more than Ayurveda. I talk about all things from intuition, like Natalie talks about, but also mystical beings and all, all things that come through. I just speak and I really believe that we all have different entry points. My entry point was health and digestion, but it all takes us to that same place, which is raising consciousness. Hell yes, you are a woman on fire. If there is one person that I know that makes shit happen and goes above and beyond at Sahara Rose, just watching you over the last year, like just, you know, create, 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 create. But what I was, was so interesting was we briefly touched on this before I hit record around how there's a shift going on around doing less and getting more and the change of consciousness within that and what that means. What, how's that showing up for you right now? You know, I believe we have soul contracts and these contracts are different periods of our life that we're meant to do something. And my soul contract with Ayurveda began when I was about 21, when I started going through my own health problems, discovering Ayurveda, sharing about it. But when I'm now 28 and Eat Feel Fresh came out, I've educated millions of people on what Ayurveda is. I could just feel like I actually felt when I was shooting the photography for Eat Feel Fresh in India, I could feel this is this may be my last time in a for a while in India. India is a place I go multiple times a year, 10-year visa. And I was like, I could just feel that this contract is kind of done. And I believe that before I incarnated in this lifetime. I had chosen to go through these problems to bring Ayurveda into the mainstream. But now with the seven years, that contract has completed. I finished that job. I did what I needed to do. And now I'm freed. But at the same time, it's like, oh, shit, my whole identity was on this one thing. Like, what else is out there for me? And that's the interesting thing about this world that we live in. It's like, brand yourself. Only do one thing forever so people know it of you. And it's like, I'm not Coca-Cola. I'm not a brand. I'm a multifaceted being. So I had to go into sort of no man's land, like, oh my God, then what am I going to talk about? I remember talking to you and I have a lot of different books within me of bringing the doshas to relationships, which is something I love and bringing it to business. But I could just feel within me, I just wanted to create something that was 100% coming through my intuition and not reiterated, even if it's Ayurveda, something that is spiritual, but something that is just coming from me. And somehow these archetypes of the mystical beings came through randomly while I was on my Instagram story. And it's like, I was just writing about fairies, which you're totally a fairy um, the other day. And it's just like the same thing that was happening with Ayurveda, like the words coming through writing themselves is happening to me now with these beings. I love it because I've just been noticing this shift that's been going on through you and, uh, you know, what you're posting. And it just feels so aligned just watching you do that. But I've also, you know, I've been tuning in thinking, oh, but how is she thinking and how she, you know, is she worried about not always talking about Ayurveda? And I love how you described it as we are multifaceted beings. We channel what comes through us. And that gives us the opportunity and the choice to be bringing and sharing different things to the world, depending on what wants to come through us. 
Totally. And, you know, it's really easy to stay in your lane and to be like, well, people expect this from me, so I'm going to keep showing up in this way. But it's actually coming from fear. It's coming from fear of starting from the bottom again and figuring it out. And I think that's the only reason we're here on this earth to keep figuring it out, to keep growing. The moment you, you've you gotten too comfortable, like something's up. And I'm, that's not saying you should, you know, get into a bad relationship or something to make yourself uncomfortable. But if you're like, I found that I was repeating myself, like, multiple times a day, repeating, repeating, repeating. And some people are okay with that. But me, a lot of vats in my mind, a lot of air energy, I don't want to repeat myself for the rest of my life. I want to allow new thoughts to come through. And the only way I can allow new thoughts to come through is if I start sharing new stuff so people can see another side of me. How can I expect people to ask me about new things when I'm only sharing the same thing? Hell yes. I love it. It's And it's so aligned and it feels so good. And I completely agree with you know, why repeat the same things over and over again? I'm a big believer in that. And for some people, that's great. If they if that makes them feel comfortable and that's in their lane. But I'm all with you for growing and expanding and, you know, using the platform that you've created to expand further and expand people's consciousness to the max. Yes. And I, and I know a lot of people who are listening, who are trying to start their own brands, Mm-hmm. social media platforms, they're scared of the same thing. They're scared. They're saying, I don't know what to post about because I have so many sides of myself that I don't know if it's going to confuse people. And it's like the people who are listening also have a lot of sides to themselves too. It's not like one person who follows you for healthy recipes doesn't have a body or thoughts or emotions or other things. Like They have these other things too. So you can be super passionate about just one thing, or you can share different parts of you and you're going to meet people at different parts of them. Completely. And do you feel like, and this is an obvious question, but I'm being told to bring it back to intuition. Do you feel like this has been like these intuitive hits and these intuitive moments over the last couple of months has made you really feel like I have to start sharing more? I've got to start making, I'm feeling cool to mix it up. For sure. I mean, again, like having to having to create something because you're expected to is so different than creating something because you're inspired to. And I wouldn't be practicing what I preach if I'm like, oh, well, that's what they want. They want me to talk about tongue scraping again. Like I've talked about tongue scraping 10,000 times. There are other people who are really jazzed out, uh, jazzed up about tongue scraping. I want them to talk about it. You should just talk about what you're excited about. <laughs> I love it. So what do you do to get yourself in that state of receiving messages from your guides, from the spirit? What do you, what do you find that gets you into that space so that you can create these ideas and channel the information that one you want to share? For me, connecting to earth brings me to spirit. So from my physical earthly body of exercising, I love you know, moving my body to the point of sweat. I used to have adrenal fatigue and I couldn't fully exercise and I felt like I wasn't fully myself. And now I go to these like plate fit classes and they're like boot camps and and I'm exercising that inner Durga warrioress of me. And then I find when I do that and I exhaust my body in that way, then my body's not like all like angsty and trying to move. It's like, okay, I can sit. Um, I started doing a seated meditation. It was something I really resisted for a long time. I feel like we were chatting about that, but I was like, I'm intuitive. I get the messages I need. I don't need to sit and meditate. But it was really my own ego trying to stay in control. So I started doing before I exercise meditations. I love doing gratitude meditations. It's something that for me feels really just expansive. I feel great after. I also love mantras. Um, I'll just literally 
look up mantras, depending on what I'm trying to evoke, listen to those. Walking outside, I, I'm a mermaid, so I cannot live far away from the ocean. I need to be as close as possible to the ocean. That's where I feel connected. So yesterday it was a rainstorm and I like went out. I was cleaning the beach. Um, but I love just being by that the sand and the salt water and the waves and seeing how the waves are doing. And it's just a great reminder that, you know, the ocean's not the same every day. So how can we expect to be the same every day? And every time I come, I'm meted by a totally different ocean. It's just such a beautiful reminder of me how we are ever-changing beings as well. Going on walks outside, just definitely moving my body and being outside. And and then it just, it starts to come in like kind of ideas. I think with yours is the same. It's, it's my own voice. It comes sort of an idea of like, huh, like what if you did this? Or like, have you ever thought about that? Like in my own head. And then I allow myself to go through and then I can feel this is a download. And the download feels like suddenly I have rushes of ideas or information coming through and I need to like write it down or talk it because I, I won't remember. It will just leave me if I just think about it and let it sit. So I'm like, I rush to my phone or I like hop on my mic and record a podcast as I haven't even fully done the, done the download through, but I will never, ever, ever record or write anything if I'm not feeling that point of inspired. If I'm feeling like, oh, I have nothing. People are do you run out of topics to talk about on your podcast? I'm like, never. Like that's (laughs) if I'm like, what should I talk about this week? Then something's up. I need to go outside. I need to dance. I need to drum. I need to connect to my body. And then the topic that needs to come through me will come through. I love it. I'm so with you on nature and the reflection of that, because sometimes the nature reflects it back at you. So if you're feeling like you're unsettled or you go down by the ocean and it can be like an unsettled wave and it's like oh okay or those days that when you are unsettled and then it's really peaceful and then you're like okay this is what I need to bring me peace and then there's the days where I love it when you need um you need just a really good reset and then you go down and it's like really windy somewhere and the wind just blows out the cobwebs and just blows through you and just gives you like the best reset ever for sure. There's something so beautiful about nature and so beautiful about being in these female bodies. Like, oh my God, what a gift. I'm all, like, as I'm talking to you, I'm standing up and I'm hip circling. I'm always moving my body, dancing. Any moment I can get to like really get into my lower, lower chakras makes me feel so connected. Love it. And it's so funny. You were talking about the mermaid. I actually, I was in a restaurant the other day and at the bathrooms, uh, for the, um, entrance signs, male, female, in the female one, there was a, um, a, uh, it was the, it had a mermaid's tail at the bottom. And I took a picture and I was like, I must send that to Sahara. And I have, <laughs> as we were talking, I was, I was reminded by the mermaid picture that I took, um, because it reminded of me of you when I saw it. That means everything to me. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. For anyone out there that is looking to start something new, when you're looking to start something new, do you purposefully go and find something that doesn't exist? Like you said that when you were trying to find the cook, you know, you were trying to find something that wasn't a cookbook that exists. So you were like, oh, okay, I'm on the right path because this doesn't exist. And I know that if I want it, something, somebody else is looking for that. Do you purposefully set that as an intention when you're creating something? No, because if it's truly coming from your intuition, it it cannot exist anywhere else. I love it. 
great question because I just felt like some people might be thinking that they're like hunting for the idea or hunting for you know hunting and it's not coming from the intuition it's coming from looking around you what is everyone else doing oh I feel like that you know I heard this podcast of the people who started a revolve clothing line and the guy was like they're like how'd you start revolve he's like well we just went on google analytics and saw that people were looking up women's fashion between two hundred dollars like and and so we started it does he have any interest in women's fashion no did it come from a need no so I'm like ugh. like I don't feel connected to your brand at all anymore because it came from such an analytical place and I wonder like how how is it for him his whole life is based off of doing something that other people want but he doesn't even want to do it shows very much disconnection so I really believe our intuition if we really listen to it is telling us exactly what we need to be doing and it's so different for all of us that if you really really listen there's no chance it can exist anywhere else completely and even if something similar does not in your way so Maybe someone else wants to talk about Ayurveda and they're like, oh, Sahara Rose did it. Not in your way. You're going to say it so much differently than I'm going to say it. If someone wants to talk about intuition, oh, Natalie's already doing it. Her style is so different than anyone else's. So your flavor, your approach is what makes it unique and therefore your own. Yeah, we are so individuals and don't be put off by, oh, I can't do that. I can't style that. Someone else is doing it or comparing it. Couldn't agree more because you do, you end up in that state of fear where you don't want to do it. And it's like, no, we're so all individuals and we all bringing it through. And if your guides and spirit and your intuition is telling you to go for it, then listen and take action. Mm. Uh Oh, yeah. Because so often we get the messages and we don't take the action on them. So true. And I think that's the biggest problem with especially the conscious community that I've seen. A lot of great ideas and not a lot of great implementation. And guess who are the people who are implementing all their ideas? The people who haven't really thought them through. The person who says, oh, well, market research says start this thing. And then they just go and do it. But so why why is it that us conscious, aligned people, you listening out there who has beautiful ideas that are going to change the world that that we need so badly why is it that we are the ones afraid of taking action and again it comes down to self-worth thinking that you're not enough thinking that who am i to talk about this what are and and those people who lack that self-awareness they don't have that and that's why they're just taking action so if we can realize we can be self-aware and in that awareness realize that we are already enough to take that action that is how we can create a better world yeah completely being more self-aware and having the confidence because if you don't believe in yourself that you're part of the change then the change never happens because we are as you say we're part of this conscious collective a conscious community and we all have a role to play Uh, I know you post a lot around um the ocean and picking up you know picking up litter and beach cleans and the environment like it's so important that we're all doing our part Mm, so important. And and I think a lot of us think, oh, well, someone else is going to do it. And it's like, really, no one else will. And we don't all have to do everything. But if we all just pick one thing that matters to us and, and do something, I promise that's going to heal you a lot more than sitting around and thinking about your problems. <laughs> yeah, because ironically, by giving, you're also helping yourself and your problems will be, you'll, you'll lessen the problems and they'll become much more easier and manageable. For sure, you immediately tap into something that is greater than you. And I think the problem with our society is it's so individualistic that it makes the ego think you're the only thing that matters and the only thing that exists. Therefore, your problems must be the worst and no one else has ever had problems like yours before. And when you can go out there and and help someone see that 
look, this there's a lot bigger fish we are polluting, you know, not even frying because I don't want to promote frying fish, but <laughs> there's a lot bigger issues out there. And, you know, maybe me overthinking how how enormous my email inbox is really isn't that big of a deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Completely. Um, there was a question that I wanted to bring it back to. I want to talk about what you're passionate about right now. I want to talk about archetypes. Let's talk about archetypes. I want to know how, how this flowed in, the fascination, the journey that you've been on with archetypes and how it's lighting you up right now. Yeah. So I've always been really interested in archetypal work in general, whether it's like Myers-Briggs and Enneagram or the Michael teachings, which I'm a really big fan of. Um, I've always loved seeing how we're different, but we're able to like put ourselves in categories. That's always been my jam. And that that's what brought me into Ayurveda. I discovered Ayurveda because I did a personality quiz. I'm like, whoa, a personality quiz with digestion and and all these other things. Awesome. But even with the doshas, it's there's three and you're not just one. And and there's so many more nuances to it. So I was literally watching an ocean documentary and I was just on my Instagram story and I'm always like talking whatever's going on. And I'm like, yeah, some people are like mermaids and this is what mermaids are like. They like to protect the ocean. They want to go deep. They want to find the truth. They're very curious. They want to see what's on the other side. Just intuitively, like what would a mermaid be like in today's society? But I was like, but some people are fairies that they're going around. They're trying new things. They want to experience sweetness. They get really easily excited. But some people are like elves and and they like to stay home and, and read books. But some people can think they're a little bit standoffish, but that's just what they're like. And I just kept going and going and, and I was getting like, the craziest reaction that I normally don't get of all these people like, oh my God, tell me about this. What about that? So then I just started posting pictures of people I knew. And just based off of that, what being I saw them as I posted yours, Natalie, as a fairy. It was a very fairy photo of you too. And um, and then from there, I started posting out celebrities. But then everyone's like, well, who's that being? Who's that? And it's not about me. I'm not the one. I'm just channeling this information that we all have access to. So that's how I started to post pictures of celebrities, public figures, and asking my audience, what do you think their beings are? And it's amazing because for some of them, everyone, they're like, that's a witch. That's this, that's that. They're just so easily able to tell. And then others are a little bit scattered, but you know, we're not just one mystical being, just like we're not one dosha. And we can talk about what they each are, but I want people to know that you're not just categorized in one. You may have different beings that resonate with you in different times of your life. They're essentially like guides for you. Um, and and it's so beautiful to see because I've had so many e- emails and messages from people saying that it's the first time that they've felt understood. And I was like, wow, this is like a, a whole thing. And, and people aren't really writing about it. Like there's for sure books on it, but it's in a very like literal way of like, okay, fairies, like, like yeah, like talking to actual fairies and I, I think fairies do exist in other dimensions, but I'm not really talking about talking to actual fairies. I'm talking about like, what would you be like resonating with that fairy archetype? It's more of like for for this this world and, and us right now. Um, so then I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to start writing a book about it. And um, it's gone from there. So I don't have a date of when it's going to be out, but I've been channeling and a lot of things have been coming through. I love it. It's so awesome because I remember as part of, I did a reading for Sahara, when was it, last year? And then we were talking about books and I was like, yeah, there's another book. I remember saying to you, there's another book that wants to come through that's nothing to do with Ayurveda and there's going to be, you're stepping into more channeling and more like spiritual stuff. It's really going to want to 
flow through you. And this is so part of all of that information. You're always, always spot on, Natalie. And and it's so true because you're a fairy that you're just like, la, 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 up here, there. And, and it's wise of you because you know that people are ready for the messages and you really allow that time for people to figure it out on their own, which is frustrating because I want you to tell me everything, but, <laughs> but I respect it. <laughs> No, and it's going to be, I can't wait to read more on this archetypes because the message, this is just such an amazing stepping stone for you, like all of this. I mean, yes, Ayurveda will always be there, but there are some real big shifts going to come through you in the next, you know, in the next two years with all the work and what you're sharing. Totally. And I want people to know, like, like I'm confident, but fear still comes up. I mean, I was at this meeting the other day with this guy, he's like in his forties and like works in a some coaching thing and he's like oh like tell me about like what you do and what you're working on I talked about the mystical beings and he was like um can you not talk about that in our interview and I was like okay like this is where most of the world is at so that that part of me that's like well you're really going to step away from the mainstream and like like Ayurveda was on one level but this is on a whole other level and are you sure you want to go there like do you really want to be like a Doreen Virtue and <laughs> look at heaven to her and like those fears come up and, I'm, and I want to tell you guys these fears never go away you just become better at taking action through them yeah yes the fear doesn't go away you just get better at being aligned with them and bounce back and knowing what feels intuitively driven and being like yes no this is me this is authentic this is part of the vision this is part of the learning and and following through with it exactly and also knowing that like again your intuition is always going to feel exciting. Like I always say, what are you, what would you Google in your free time? If you had an afternoon to yourself and it's not about what is your kid need is toe infection. It's like, what do you want to Google? And that's going to tell you so much about what's exciting for you. And to be honest, I'm not Googling Ayurveda in my free time because I know pretty much everything at this point. So I'm Googling like the stuff about the beings and, and more intuitive and channely things because that's the next level of growth for me. And naturally it's what I want to share. Yeah, you're going down the rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it is, with, you know, that's a great thing to say with Google, like actually use it as a, you know, use it as a positive tool to get the information because we forget that there's so much information out there, but it will also be intuitively telling you what lights you up and what fires you up and where you're at. But it's it's about using it with purpose versus using it just for the sake of it that it's there. Yes. And another good, good kind of tool, if you're not sure what you're interested in, is like, if you could just have a conversation about anything, what would it be? And that's going to tell you so much, like, what were the things are the things that you just want to like chat and jam about and not like celebrity gossip. I mean, maybe you could be a, a tabloid writer or something, but like, what are the things that just are natural for us? And if we have that kind of excitement for something, we're going to have the passion to be able to follow through when things get hard. Yeah. Completely. Other than archetypes, what else are you googling right now? Mm, I mean, I'm a, I'm really into learning about different kind of archetypes. So I I love the Michael teachings as well, and I feel like your audience would be interested in Michael teachings. This is about to open up a whole pantry as box for you. Like I'm about to change your life. So I came across. Have you heard of the Michael teachings? Did I, I tell you about it? Have it. Go for it. Tell me more. So it's not Archangel Michael, but it's this group of souls that call themselves Michael, just like a group of souls call themselves Abraham Hicks. It's just, they're just names. They're not, the soul was never incarnated as someone named Michael or Abraham. So that's just the name. And essentially this soul group speaks about 
archetypes, soul ages, soul clans, and essentially how we came through from the Akasha, from the layer that we all are, and then the steps that the soul kind of takes to get here and, and the decisions that the soul makes to get here. So I came across this work when I was 23 and I was living in Bali and I was still trying to figure myself out. And there's a website, I think it's just michaelteachings.com and there's tons of you know quizzes there. And I started to read about this archetype called the the priest or the priestess. And it was like, I was literally reading like who I was. These are the people who they're good speakers. They're all about sharing the message. They're very passionate, but even like the way that their faces are, they have like round olive eyes and like, like certain facial features to them. For example, Barack Obama is also a priestess and they just naturally have that charisma. But the shadow side of that is they can be seen as preachy. They can be seen if someone's not interested and is like, why are you talking so much? And I'm like, yep, definitely got that in my life. Um, And there's seven different main archetypes. So we each have a main archetype and a secondary archetype. So, I mean, I can go through them if you want, but they're the servers, which are the main kind of archetype in society. And these are the people who essentially, they love to give, they love to support. They, they have like almost the kapha dosha, just like kapha is earth energy. They're there for everyone. They're giving. They're, they're here like Mother Teresa type energy. Angels that would be their mystical being. So servers. Then we have the merchants who are kind of, they're, I think they call them artisans actually. And these are the people who are like the merchants. They're good at business and creating things and doing things with their hand and, and that sort of stuff. Then we have the warriors, and the warriors are people who are protectors, very much support a cause, but less in like a vocal way and more of like, not just physical, but think of like a police officer or a fitness trainer. They're very in the physical body. We have the scholar. These are people who are very interested in information and knowledge and learning. Um, So for them, the shadow side is they may acquire knowledge their whole life and never share it. Then we have the sage, which are here to entertain. Um, they love to make people laugh. So if they give a speech, it would be more entertainment-based, whereas the priest or priestess would be more like inspiration-based. So sage, think most actors and actresses have sage. They have long faces too. Think George Clooney. Mm-hmm. Then we have the priest priestess, like Barack Obama, and then the king. And the king is very, you know, they make decisions. They have like that strong pitta energy, almost like a regalness to them. Like this is how it's going to happen. And when, you know, when shit hits the fan, you go to the king or queen and you're like, what are we going to do? They just have that authority within them. But then the shadow side of that is they can be dominant. So that is something I'm all about. And if you just go on their website, you'll find so much good stuff about soul ages, soul types, personality traits. It's freaking cool. And I'm not affiliated with them at all. I just think they're awesome. I love it. You're going yeah. on the journey. And as you're talking, I'm getting this message that from from memory, you when you went to Bali, Bali was part of your like massive upgrade shift. Like there was this real interesting energy when you went to Bali and how life changed when you were in Bali isn't it interesting that this work around archetypes then led to kind of looking at again archetypes but in an Ayurveda format but now the Ayurveda format is you know it's still part of who you are and what you're about but you're you're going back to that original intrigue and fascination about archetypes For sure. I mean, I went to Bali to write the Ayurveda book. And then I was just going through my own personal stuff with my family. And then I discovered the Michael teachings. And I knew intuitively then I'm like, I have to write a book about this. And I actually did write a book that's not just on the Michael teachings, but it was about speaking to your soul. 
that just started channeling through. But then I kind of had to make this decision of, well, do I want to go this lane or do I want to go the Ayurveda lane? And Ayurveda is what felt more exciting to me at the time. But I knew that I would loop around and come back to this at some point. And as of now, I still don't, I've done podcasts about this. It's like number four or five on mine. That was like one of the first podcasts I ever did was about this. But I think different things that are interesting for us, like you'll know when it's time. Yeah, you do. You know when it's time when you're shifting a gear and you're coming back full circle. And I think it's a good remembrance of even though you used to enjoy something a while ago, you know, still sometimes that thing might come back around again in a different format and a different play. Like I always say that you're you're taught all the learnings and the lessons and you know you have all these different job titles and things that you've done in the past because they're part of the learning that you're going to use upon all the skills and knowledge in the future so don't just like step away from them and ignore them and pretend that you didn't have an interest in that because you never know when that might come back around again and those skills you'll need to use 100 percent. and and sometimes the universe plants us little like foreshadowing glimpses like oh this is what's in store for you and you don't realize it at the time and then you're like oh i was shown this years ago but i didn't really think about it then yeah and then it and then it kind of comes through intuitively like into the energy sphere when you're ready again to pick it up and receive it and work with it and, and grow with it totally because honestly had i just devoted to Michael teachings, and maybe that would have turned into mystical beings at the time and not done Ayurveda, I don't think I would have actually been able to impact as many people as I have, because it was just, it would have been starting off as like very into the spiritual realm and people just weren't ready for it at the time. But with the Ayurveda, it had so much, it has so much science in it as well, that it was the perfect segue that at least I needed to take to help bring the people that I reach to the spiritual world. Yeah, very true. And do you feel like there's a shift going on right now between people purposely looking for the spiritual content versus, you know, having to choose something more scientific and then to impact them? Do you feel like there are more people who are instantly going through? you know, and are open to the spiritual stuff straight away off the bat. Have you noticed that shift? Oh, oh my God, 100%. I mean, 2012 was massive. Like I think everyone had a crazy 2012 when the Mayan calendar ended and, and the new age began. And I can really feel that shift. And yes, you could argue that there's still a lot of hatred and anger, but I really think the light is outweighing it. And all of the people right now who are interested in this stuff, whether, you know, it's your dad who's just drink his first green juice or, you know, someone who does like a very timed masculine meditation, like that's still an entry point. And we don't know where this is going to take us, but I really believe that right now is such, it's like the Renaissance that we're living in. It's such a beautiful time and it's real meetings of the minds right, right now. I think a lot of us who've incarnated are, are part of the cleanup crew because the world has gotten so messy and so far away from the light that groups of us, maybe a lot of you listening, actually elected. We volunteered to come down here at this time because we were needed to share our gifts and uplift people. Like sometimes I feel like I'm like, did I even have past lives? Or like, sometimes I feel like this is my first time here and I was just brought here, you know? Like, how are people hating each other? Like, I don't get it, you know? It's so, it feels so foreign for us, but we're here part of the cleanup crew so we can make the world a better place. Yeah, um, I completely agree. We've all chosen to be here right now to be part of that shift and change in collective consciousness and and do things a little bit differently and show people that it's not all weird and woo-woo and that you can be grounded and 
like you were saying with someone saying with the interview, please don't mention the archetypes and the weird woo-woo stuff. Um, yeah. Leave it to the business, please. I feel like that's the shift that's going on where it will just be part of the normal um, conversation. And that's really, really exciting. And I bet you that guy went home and started Googling mystical beings. <laughs> He's like, tell me more, but I don't want anyone to know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Become part of the shame. He's like, secret Googling. He's going to text me, so am I a merman? <laughs> <laughs> Deleting his browser history from his wife because... Uh, <laughs> Best diet for mermans. Seaweed. <laughs> classic. Absolutely classic. We were uh, bringing it back to um, the energy shift that's going around of less is more. And I would say you, you, you are the queen of being on it. Like, I love watching you create. It's, I'm always like, how does she find time to do all this stuff? Like, it's amazing. Like, just watching what you share. But we were talking about how there's this different shift going on with this year around the need to slow down. How is that? How have you noticed that impacting your life, your business, how that's showing up for you? Yeah, how do you think, for me, I find that when I do less, I actually get more and that keeps coming through and I've noticed that with me, but how's that showing up with you? For sure. So I feel like in 2018, I was like, throwing a bunch of darts at the wall, like this type of online program, that type, this, this, like what fits, like what do I like? And I learned a lot and I'm really grateful for it. And I figured that there are ways that I could spend my time that are more impactful, more abundance generating. And there are things that take a lot of time that aren't. And I'm going to focus on the things that are. I only have a certain amount of time here. So personally, I want to impact as many people as possible. And I want to share my message as free as much as possible. That's what I like. And I, and I, I realized that um, through what I do. So I was like, okay, well, how can I reach a lot of people with free content and still be able to make a living? So that's when I shifted into, okay, well, I'm going to work more towards my, with the brands. And it then I can just share content and the brands are paying for podcast sponsorships. Whereas when I started the podcast, the first 50 or so episodes, I did not have a sponsor on there because I had this block that people won't listen to my podcast if there are sponsorships, even though all podcasts have it. For some reason, I felt like I wasn't allowed to. I wasn't deserving of it. So I had this shift. And and then you know the fear of like, well, where, where, how am I going to find them? I need to email a bunch of people. And I was like, listen, I'm just going to focus on sharing the best content as possible. And they're going to find me because naturally the word is going to spread of people sharing episodes and it's going to, you know, you, you are only one person, but if everyone who listens is like, oh, here's one friend I could text this to just because they're feeling inspired, not because they feel like they have to. That's like, thousands of PR agents that you have. So focusing on just making the best content as possible and really with the mission of making it free for as many people as possible. That was really the realization that I had. Now, when we realize how powerful we are, that we are magicians, that we can literally create anything, you're like, oh my God, well, I could do this. I could do that. It's almost like why you, you're like, why not? Because I could. But you realize at a certain point that you know there's things that are more important than business and money and success. And these things are really important, especially when you don't have them. And I do think that if you're someone who's like, I've never created any kind of abundance before, and that's really important to me, then maybe 2019 is your year of doing that. But I see a lot of people, they get stuck there. They get stuck. How can I make more? How can I make more? How can I make more? And they lose sight of why they even did this. You know, Why did I come into 
coaching and all of these things so I could like help people and live a life of freedom. But if I'm just launching programs and just working all the time, I'm working more than someone that has a nine to five job. This is the opposite of what I wanted to do. And and it can be a really easy spiral to get lost in because the ego says, get more, get more, grow. And there's nothing wrong. That's why we're here as humans to, to, to grow and to exceed our comfort zones. But, but that can be in so many different ways. So I'm like, how can I have deeper friendships this year? How can I dance more? How can I make my home feel more cozy instead of just like before I was like, I don't even care if there's boxes on the ground because I'm just working, you know? And Again, different seasons of life for different things, but it's coming back to to the whole and looking at all areas of your life and saying, how am I with my finances, my relationships, my environment, all of these things and true abundance and wellness is when all of these things are balanced. And for people who want to take action and they don't know how, honestly, how I take action so much is I try to be as decisive as possible. For example, I'm planning a wedding right now. There's a lot of a lot of decisions to be made. And I could have spent way more time planning it than possible. But I'm I just asked the wedding planner, I'm like, who do you think's the best florist? She's like, well, there's 10 people. I'm like, who do you think's the best? She's like, this one. I'm like, okay, that one's hired. Who do you think's the best? Okay, that that one's hired. I don't need to go on all their websites and do all of these things truly. It's going to figure itself out where we're so protected by the universe that if we can just trust that it's going to send us our way what needs to be sent and I don't need to deliberate and decide and write pros and cons lists about every decision in my life, I intuitively know the answer. You're able to move so much faster. Yeah. Trust what's coming through and sometimes realize you can't do everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It does. Yeah. What's going to happen? And, you know, you get, you'll get through it and it's there and it's releasing that need for perfection all the time that it doesn't have to be perfect. Exactly. You know, what is perfection and how does, how that, how does that show up in our lives? To this day in my Eat Right for Your Mind Body type ebook that I send to people, they're like, you have typos. They send me all the typos. I'm like, cool. It doesn't matter. You know, my message is getting across. You're not going to not understand me because the A and the E are in the wrong spots. And it's like, that's just my approach. It's like just like imperfection and getting it done over perfection and sitting on your computer for the rest of your life. Yes. Yes. It's always that like when someone said, Nat, it doesn't have to be 100% perfect. If it's like 70%, like go with the go with the rule it's done it's ready just get it out there otherwise you're just gonna go round and round and round in circles um it'll never be perfect so if it's there at 70 percent, just push hit send hit publish get it out there and you can always you can always go back but chances are once you do it and you're gonna get such amazing feedback you're not even gonna want to you're gonna be on to the next completely couldn't agree more i want to share some messages with you Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love sharing messages with you. So, how do there's going to be? I wanted to talk about the wedding. I know you've briefly touched upon this and organizing the wedding. It's interesting. There's something around like, are you contemplating how you're going to take time off before the wedding? Because they're just saying like how there needs to be like a three week window before the wedding where you're not really doing anything and that that's really important for you. 
Um, yeah, I'm planning more of a three-month window before the wedding. So you're right with the three, but it's actually one. Yeah, I'm like, I'm getting married once in my life. So I'm going to Hawaii in this month. I'm going to Bali next month. I'm going to go to Coachella like twice. Like I'm just taking time off. I was just being shown you doing loads of traveling and being like, no, I just need to go and like rest and recharge and when you're going to be doing this and there's so going to be so many insane ideas that are going to you're going to want to go that are going to it's going to take you on a whole new journey for sure and my problem is I have an idea and I instantly want to take action I'm mm-hmm. like okay relax my pitta relax my Sagittarius like chill um <laughs> yeah so my my problem is at this point and it was never my problem before it was like my dream problem but now I'm like stop taking action like stop like responding like be less responsive that's actually my goal be yeah it's and, and you need it because they're asking you to um really get back in your body and grab like they're trying to channel new information through you but the the grounding is really key and so by doing the travel and being out of the usual places of home and routine and um is going to really allow you to ground and receive the the new information that they want to bring through you you know i was i was working out um the other week and i had this download that i need to start doing underwater photo shoots i've never done this in my life <laughs> Like I've scuba dived once. So I'm meeting with an underwater photographer in Hawaii and I'm dressing as a mermaid and I'm going deep sea diving to take these photos. And I signed up for a mermaid retreat. I'm like, I'm doing all the things I did not allow my 23 year old self to do right now. Yeah. Fun, fun, have and playful, like being playful. And um, music is going to be a real big part of this year, listening to music, making music. Well, I told you I'm learning how to DJ. Ah, but there's no, you're going to be, there's DJing, but there's some, are you using vocals as to, are you singing? Um, I actually have a song that's coming out like tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) it's yeah it's gonna be on it's called thoughts on time it's actually a poem that I wrote when I arrived in Bali this past June and just like thinking about like does time really exist or you know there's so many arguments I could make that the seasons are changing and my grandmother's aging and all of these things are happening that I can see time but at the same time, is this just an illusion and time is eternal? So I wrote this poem and then um, I had a really hard month in my life in December. And after that, I had a lot of just awakenings of moving back into fun and joy. So I like contacted this music producer that I knew through a mutual friend and we made this song. And And it's like, for me, it's something totally out of what I normally do, but I really believe that that music is such an amazing portal and we're so open. So imagine taking good messages with music instead of whatever the latest rap song is saying and using that as a vehicle of consciousness. So I will send you the song. It's called Thoughts on Time. It's on Spotify. Yeah, send it to me. I can't wait to listen. Yeah. And your, yeah, more music. I see you doing more tracks. Cool. Um, and there's also, they keep using the word ambassador. There's some. There's a brand that wants to use you as an ambassador. Um, like the UN, the UN, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> more ambassador. They, they keep using the word ambassador. Like that there's going to be opportunities um, for yeah, being an ambassador. But it feels bigger than just you know uh, your usual brand ambassador. If that makes sense. I'm with it. 
Yeah, no, very exciting. And uh, this is an interesting message, but I don't, there's something about planning a surprise or you're going to be getting a surprise or they keep wanting me to use the word surprise. So I'm just going to put that out there too. Well, I'll let you know if someone surprises me with a new puppy. I'd love that. <laughs> surprises coming in. Yeah, there's something about like be open to the be open to the surprises. The surprises are going to take you on a on a journey, and it's like people offer people are going to be offering new things versus you giving and giving and giving. There's this there's this new shift of energy where you're going to be receiving lots of different results receiving lots of different surprises and opportunities that's gonna like yeah really take you on a new up leveling journey do you know what I think this is related to so I've never done ayahuasca in my life and I've always said it will find me if it needs to find me and I know where where I could sit in ceremony but it's never really called to be that much Mm -hmm. um but then I was just thinking well I'm gonna be in Bali for three weeks and what if I just like end up somehow in an ayahuasca ceremony and I'd don't even know that actually has happened to my friend. She thought it was like a moon gathering and it was an ayahuasca ceremony. She's like, okay. And then I was like, in that experience, I would do it. So maybe that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Bringing in the surprises. I don't know if I, how I'd feel if that was what was surprise, being surprised. What are, what are your thoughts on ayahuasca? Great question. For me, I, it's, it's not for me. I know people use it and it's awesome and they have great reactivations and awakenings I've experienced uh, the message that I get is that you can contact and bring in mother ayahuasca the you know her feminine energy in other ways to experience it not just by taking the plant Mm. yeah that's why I haven't done it because I felt like well I kind of know what I need to be focusing on and the messages come to me but then I see these people who have such beautiful experiences that I'm like well I want to know what that's like you know it's more just out of this this curiosity um, rather than a real need and I'm like well I don't know if I should be doing it just out of curiosity rather than feeling like I really need the message Um, but you don't know what you don't know so I'll keep you posted if I end up in an ayahuasca ceremony. <laughs> Please keep me posted. I want to hear all about the experience. I mean, so many people have amazing experiences, but I always say, like, being if someone out there is thinking about going to do ayahuasca, make sure that you're, you know, you vibe with the person that's preparing it because it's not just the plant, it's the, the energy of the person that is being put into the plant that you're then taking. And also, you know, ask all the right questions of who you're taking it with. Oh, yes, that's major. Yeah, like the right type of group of people, like ask those questions, who they are, what they do, like what, you know, try and vibe out and feel out their energy because that will also affect your ayahuasca experience. Right. And most of the time you don't know, you don't know anyone there. And one person could be like having a screaming fit. I know for me, that would really affect me just to be near that. So you, you never really know. And another thing that was a big download that I had at the end of the year is that I want to grow through ease. And I feel like a lot of times in the personal development spiritual world is like, oh, to grow, you have to go like climb the Himalayas or do this Vipassana, stand on one leg for eternity, like do something really difficult. And that's how you grow. And it creates this paradigm that I have to keep making my life hard in order for me to grow. 
And I don't want to run with that paradigm. I want to grow through ease. I want to take a nice warm shower and come out with creative downloads. I want to grow through playing with my pup. I want my life to be as easy as possible. And it's something that I had a lot of guilt around. I was like, easy life. That's that's not on a growth journey. And it's something that actually Abraham Hicks, listening to a lot of Abraham Hicks, has just helped me with. Like to be like, yeah, I I want things to be easy, smooth, fun, playful. I don't need to keep making my life hard. I can grow in other ways. All with love, ease, and grace. I could not agree more. And I'm so bringing that into my 2019. Yeah, I mean, it's so, so important that it's not about doing the work, inverted commas. It's just about leading with love, being authentic, and yeah, fun, playfulness, and finding the balance. So true. I had this friend who he did this personal development program. Um, You know, they have a lot of these weekend conferences. They're not spiritual. They're more personal development. And he was like, you should do it. It's going to change your life. And I was like, sure. Okay. And then I just decided to like go on Yelp and read reviews. And I find out that they use a lot of military tactics and they scream at you and they like throw chairs around you and like, like create this really unsettling environment. So you listen and I'm like, wow, thank God I read that review because it's so not how my soul learns. Like I don't want a military disciplined exercise, let alone personal development thing, but certain people need that or desire that. It's like, I want to, I want to listen to mantras and have fun and do sunset beach walks and, and get my messages that way. Yeah. Go and yeah. For anyone listening, go and be inspired, listen to your own intuition of like, what's the learning that feels good for me and really listen to it and follow it. Yes. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Where can people find more about you? Oh, I want to keep talking. Um, <laughs> they can find me. We'll just keep going. No. Um, they can find me on my website. I have a quiz you can take to discover your dosha if you're more interested in all of that. And it gives you a free three-day e-course on all about discovering your dosha, eating right, meditation, all of those things. So you can go on IamSaharaRose.com, Sahara like the desert. And my Instagram is at IamSaharaRose. That's where I talk about all the mystical beings and fun stuff like that and do a lot of fun stories. And my podcast, which Natalie has been on and one of my faves, is called Highest Self Podcast. And I have to have you back on soon. Yeah, I'd love to come back on. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, our episode together. Hey, maybe we can do it next time if I'm in LA and we do it in person. Oh, for sure. 100%. Yay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And um, oh, and I will also put on the show notes your link to your song so everyone can have a listen. Oh, thank you so much. So sweet of you. I'm like scared of people listening because I've never put myself out in this way before that it's like I can do a million podcasts and it's fine. But like me kind of singing, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> <Well>. So thanks. <laughs> thanks, sweetie. Thank you. 